you have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe podcast. Your contacts code names are Luke. Is uh, James Woods ever in a movie where he plays a scumbag, or, or where he first of all is he ever in a movie where he doesn't play a scumbag? And then, in two part question, is he ever in a movie where he doesn't actually just express his own real thoughts? Mike. Danny, I think you're just fucking with me again with this dreamy, idealistic, hopeful, hey, what if we actually had control for a minute? You son of a bitch. (laughs) You got us good, Danny. I am a sucker for shit like that, and I can see what you're trying to do here, but in the end, I'm not going to play this game. And Scott. It's almost as insane as coming out as gay as coming out as atheist in the NFL or these sports. I mean... Mm. How many people have come out as gay in the NFL? Like two, three, five? I mean, it's probably about the same numbers as someone who's willing to say they're atheist. Yes, that's right, folks. It's over. The country has jumped the shark, and it was already over. If you think that Roe v. Wade overturning last Friday was the beginning of the end, it was already over, folks. So that's what today's show's about here. We want to remind you that things were already toast, and there's many, many reasons as to why that is. And uh, we'll get into that with Scott and myself and Luke. That's the Is It Safe talk show. Is it safe pod at gmail.com. Although it is is it safe pod at gmail.com, we are a talk show and we want people to know that. Uh, Scott, are you um, are you really dedicated to talking about abortion for the next hour? Yeah, I'm actually flo- real talk flossing my teeth. I decided this was the right time to floss. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> motherfucker! Okay, well, that's a good point. I think you said it all right there. Luke, I know you're excited to talk about this. You ready to go? Yeah, I mean, kind of. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, it's where, at the, uh... where the... Where is this? He's just not... Oh, uh, I... He's not there yet, folks. Uh, Luke is at a fever pitch, though. Trust me. He's always ready to burst. He's always at a boil. He's ready to blow at any given oh, moment. Oh, I found it. Yeah. And... No, I'm good to go. <laughs> oh, I'm good okay, to go. Good. But usually you know he's kind of Mike... calm right now. Mike, according according to your, your last notes, uh, Rose... Rose uh, what did you call it? Old news. Rose, Rose, old news. It's already. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> it's it's fucking over. And honestly, I, I was I was kind of half looking for something that was positive that we could look at on the horizon. But then I realized what kind of a political system we live in. And there is no there is no upside to this. I, I can't think of it. I can't think of a single one. Yep, that deserves a belding laugh for sure. For sure. There's, you know, I mean, all, all there are, all there are, are, you know, just slippery slope down the hill fucking problems. I mean, it, it is interesting. <laughs> it is interesting with this, the amount of pure legal chaos that's going to happen uh, is fucking bananas. Not that I, give a shit about anybody in the legal field for that reason because clearly yeah. all of the all of the impact is going to be felt by 
you know, women and men involved in relationships that have to deal with this kind of stuff, uh, primarily women, of course. But I mean, this is this is oh. crazy. I, the one thing I did want to get off my chest, though, is the criminalization aspect of it. We did not. I don't think we talked about it too much, but I mean, what are they going to do if this is if this is outlawed and you do have an abortion? Uh, is that murder? And are they going to convict based on the same criteria that they would for murder? And let's say always you were, know if the juice is worth the squeeze. Let's the say you thought let's say you thought it through and you talked to a friend. Let's say you s- sent a text like, oh, man, if I get pregnant, I'm going to get an abortion. Does that mean there's premeditation involved? Because premeditation usually brings a heavier sentence in a real murder case. Welcome so is that going to be a problem? Hell. And interstate commerce is another one. Uh, These are hospitals above all else are businesses. So if you do cross state lines to do this, uh, can it be officially kind of, I don't know, cataloged at at another hospital? Like is, are your medical records going to be there? Is there going to be a full kind of write up? Are they going to do everything officially and above board in the same way that hospitals do it now? Or there's a code you got to say, there's a code. There's a code. There's a secret word. You go to the hospital and you say this. Blue Horseshoe loves abortion. You say New England land powder. <laughs> Man, I was... Loves. Blue and Horseshoe hoping, loves abortion. Come on. I was, I was, hoping, the, I was hoping the password would be Fidelio. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. I can't believe it's all Fidelio. the shows we've done. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I loaded up on a bunch today. I loaded up on plenty. Luke wanted his $2 and uh, I, I got this one, one too. Yeah. Johnny. So now we can do this whenever John talks. Johnny. That's good. So I'm working on making sure that everybody has their uh, namesake available so everybody can be referenced by a drop and be annoyed by it plentifully. But no, Luke, you're right. Is it murder? Are we in that zone? Is that what's going to happen? Is that how it's going to go down? Is capital punishment on the table? I mean, is is capital punishment on the table? Because you couldn't kill a more innocent thing than a a small, uh, like a fetus. Like, it literally has done nothing wrong. So what is going to be the argument? Also, you know, what about somebody brought this up on uh, uh, it was. uh, Oh, again, it was the Chapel podcast, but uh, they brought Amber back for this episode and she was talking about it. And she mentioned, like, what if the fucking emergency room doctor in the next state is a snitch? Or what if your emergency room doctor is a snitch? What if you run into the wrong person that's got the wrong set of like religious beliefs that now feels emboldened to actually like to actually rat you out? That's like you might go you could go you could cross state lines get an abortion come back end up with a blood clot or some other kind of related health issue and then have to go to your regular doctor and they're going to say well why why are you bleeding what is wrong it looks like you were pregnant they will be able to determine whether or not you actually absconded from the state to get an abortion message this is Dude, this is fucking dark. And that I, I saw also, shit, yeah. yeah and, sorry, I know I'm, I've got like a handful of like talking points that I'm. No, you gotta, you gotta there's, there's nothing you're gonna say that I'm gonna fucking disagree with. This is right now. It looks like states' rights bullshit. But like, how do you get to Illinois if you're in Michigan and you need an abortion? How do you get to? How do you, you know, how do you get to Washington State if you're in North Dakota and you need an abortion? Uh, the fuck I mean, is he I, talking about? I don't know. We need the abortion shuttle. Just shuttles going <laughs> east and west across America. 
to shuttle women who don't have a fucking wooden nickel in their back pocket that need to get to Spokane for an abortion. That's the only thing. Johnny. Yeah, I mean, and it's going to be like it's going to be like the like coyotes. It's like an underground railroad. Mm -hmm. There is no other way to do it, though, unless it was totally fucking underground. But the real problem is like there is no way to absolutely guarantee that that is a fail safe procedure or a fail safe trip or journey or whatever you want to call it from end to end. You get back home. Oh, yeah. You got health issues. You get, again, blood clot, something like that. You're going mm -hmm. back to the hospital and they're going to know what you did. So if you live in Texas, they can prosecute you. Dude, I'm glad you said that. Texas, uh, during the same week that we see a fucking just look at that tragedy in Texas with just a truckload of dead bodies crossing yep. over. I mean, that 51, is one 51 people, I think. Holy shit. Yeah. So now we're going to see that just crossing state lines. I don't know, dude. It's dark. It's the darkest thing ever. And I. Oh, man, there's even there's no laughing at it. Normally, with most most things, I would just say laughing is the most radical thing you can do. But there's just nothing funny about any of this. It's... Are you through, Mr. Wizard? I'm comedy. I'm, I'm actually comedy fucking would be, but <laughs> comedy would be, but laughing is not. Laughing is the yeah. The there's an, yeah. there's an attack on comedy too. Now we're just uh, comics who have something to say are just gonna. I don't. I mean, we're in a, we're in a true dark age. We're we're entering. We took one step further into the ring of hell. This you know, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be this crestfalling. Uh, I, or it's, let's say I wouldn't be this crestfallen if if we had a party in power that actually shared the values of the majority of the people in this country. And that's sadly not the fucking case. And the first thing they did after spending, even though even though this opinion leaked two months ago, they spent more time trying to fundraise off of January 6th in the last two months until the row uh, until the row uh, opinion officially came down. That's when you started seeing fundraising calls for based on row leveraging that, you know, that's it's so insane. sad. I mean, they, they shifted these kids that aren't going to be instantly. born now. Yep. There's children that aren't going to be born now. Like these kids. We're depriving our son of attention for those first few months. And then we will be unfairly rewarding him. And I'm mothering him too much. And this will confuse his sexuality. You're going to be a famous Southern playwright, aren't you, boy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. So, look, everything's hell. We know it's hell. Uh, quickly, it was always, always hell. This was already an oligarchy uh, about 10 to 20 years ago already. And then you got other shit like this. Now it'll be a fascist, complete elimination of things. There was also the Miranda rights thing, that case that also happened. Mm -hmm. EPA is happening, too. Yeah, like all it's over. And, and as it's not a uh, exaggeration for when Clarence Thomas brought up all those other points in his commentary about gay rights and all these other things that are will go next and that's what it is. It's it truly oh is God. now like like this I want this goes to the question though cuz people have been bringing this one up a lot, especially good old Bill Maher and all the other standards saying if you fuckers would have voted for Hillary in 2016 this never would have happened. So it's our fault now, as opposed to the people who are the actual perpetrators. Or maybe they're saying, yes, they, they suck, 
But it would have sucked a little bit less if everybody had voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. So I'm curious quickly. Well, I did, now that motherfucker. I mean, <laughs> no, yeah. it would have. No, what would have changed it? It doesn't it doesn't really matter. I mean, the people Democrats are already in pain. Had, then that's the point, too, though, Luke and John, like people right. were already furious and sick of shit. And it was it wasn't like things were going good. And then we made this decision. Things were yeah. already fucked around here in this country for the everyday person. And so mm -hmm. in desperation, they said, fuck you. And some people said, I'm voting for Trump because fuck everything. My life's fucked anyways. Other people yeah. bought into the con. It's a a series of several different things happening simultaneously and no talking point now about, well, you should have voted for Hillary. We wouldn't be in this situation now. Don't give me that shit that you're just relitigating the past, retconning things now, and I don't like it. You know what? If you were going to look back at 2008 and Obama's massive fucking mandate, that could have been the time to immediately annihilate the filibuster and just push through yes. one, one absolute program after another. and they stood down on Merrick Garland that's the other thing when and people bring up the Hillary Clinton Garland. thing yep. hey fuck those guys you don't just stand yep. down and assume you're gonna win you arrogant democratic fucks <laughs> yeah and fuck Hillary because she is not once I have never never once and I've actually looked for it Hillary admitting blame doesn't exist <laughs> it doesn't exist there's not a single fucking soundbite oh. of her saying well we should have we should have done that better she doesn't oh, see that she well, blames that's... everything on she blames everything on the left and they're using this now not just as a not just as a fundraising opportunity to keep their you know kind of libtard base going but they're using it as an opportunity to punch fucking left and they think that by doing so they're going to actually bring some people from the left back into the tent I, this is absolutely this is insane. This is complete fucking negligence, in my opinion. And but a lot it, of people yeah. are going to die because of their fucking negligence. An inability to admit negligence and take a fucking loss, that is hardwired into every politician. They get there. It's like the cop when we had this cop discussion. You fit into being a politician. You conform to that if you aren't already. Or you conform to being a cop. You don't change the game. The, the, the infrastructure is way too rigid. You fucking, you just fit in, you conform, and there's nothing, there's, dude, I mean, does any politician take an L? I've, I haven't heard any politician say, oh, we're sorry to the working classes. We apologize to the poor. We apologize to the black women. We apologize. Everyone! Every one of these motherfuckers. It's, it's like admitting that you could have done something better or acted more humanely is some yeah. shameful thing and that's why i'm getting disillusioned with politics and that's why literally i'm launching this week is i'm starting to launch <laughs> my own internal nobody for president 2024 campaign i might yeah. have to just actually tap out of the tap out of the whole dog and pony bullshit and that's oh, there's like, still there's still giant meteor stickers out there this is scott he's just he's going off He's mastering puppets and comics. <laughs> nobody for president. Nobody for president. Nobody, nobody, nobody. Now that's what I'm talking about. That's a great follow up yeah. to Scott's plan right there. I think people oh, yeah. wanted that. Yeah, but that, we needed that. I needed that. <laughs> I really needed that. That was that was important. Uh, yeah, man. 
it's or you know you know it's also it's also of course uh, it is it's quote it's like the beginning of the end but it, this isn't some this isn't something that was unexpected as we've talked about many times <laughs> this, is, this has been yeah. on its fucking way this fucking exactly this avalanche has been slowly creeping upon us uh over 50 years and you know democrats i think <clears throat> mike i forget what you said but i either way i felt like you you kind of nailed it whatever you're hinting at is you know democrats over the years every single every single quote unquote uh, progressive type uh, initiative has been has been saddled with or tied to tied to like corporate interests so such that none of none of the moves they have made in our lifetimes at all have have been sincere enough and have gone far enough and so they're so easy to dismantle they are very easy to dismantle it is like putting bondo on a car you can just chip it out and that's exactly what happens. They do a little of this and then the Republic or yeah. And then the Republicans go in with a fucking deeper tool and they take out a bigger chunk. And so every little thing they do, this patchwork bullshit, all these little band-aids, Republicans keep gouging it out deeper and deeper and further and further. And then what happens? We end up sitting here wondering what the fuck happened in general, but this is the ratchet theory of politics. We keep ratcheting further to the right. And now they're terrified. They're absolutely terrified of offending the right, which is insane to me. Whenever you hear bipartisan, that is a scare word right there. That is something you absolutely need to see as a fucking red flag. That means they don't give a fuck about you or their constituents or any of the people on the left who actually got out there and voted for this dipshit to put him in office. They don't care at all. And that is... You know, that was their plan all along, probably, but pretty shitty as it was. Yeah. Message. But everything they've done has not gone far enough, has never been good enough, and has never been sincere enough. And not they're completely dishonest and they're completely captured by a corporate uh corporate class, a bunch of oligarchs. Uh so yeah. Johnny we're at. So for everybody that was telling me uh Joe Biden is the right man for the times, uh just <laughs> Just think about it. Joe Joe Biden's the right man for the grave right now. I don't I still it still baffles me that 80, <laughs> 80 year old politicians uh don't just croak and die every five fucking minutes. It doesn't make any or, sense to me. <laughs> These people get, keep living. Get a send off get a send off at like seventy nine. Uh, on your 80th one, yeah. birthday, you get put, you get sent off onto a boat, <laughs> like a Viking burial. Do they Somebody just have access to fire? life-giving vitamins? Is this like the Magic Johnson? Bernie's the only one. Uh, Bernie's just... the only one that still has a fucking brain and is still fucking snappy. I know that everyone says he's too old, but he's still fucking way more uh, loose, oh, like, lucid. Yeah. No, way he's... more lucid. He's right at that ripe age for politics. He's the same age as Joe Biden. So, well, wow, how is it, dude? How, is it, well, how depressing is it that Bernie Sanders? Uh, I know everyone everyone rolls their eyes when I bring it up, but where in the fuck is his successor? Where is the other person that's this angry at the system? Bernie had AOC, to actually AOC the was supposed to be this that. long. Yeah, well, Bernie had to like actually try to work in the system for like fifty yeah. years to really yep. come out against it. In the way yeah, that he did. 
he should have been running time, for Hudson in a long time ago. Wouldn't have been viable, but he would at least uh, been out there. I mean, Gravel, Mike Gravel, that's another guy. We're gonna get a who's the next Abraham Lincoln? When are they showing up? You know, because he was a real president, folks. Let me tell you. Just check this out. I was raised in a log cabin, and my family moved frequently. Plus, my father touched my butthole. That's why I'm on your penny. That's why I'm on your penny. <laughs> That's why I'm on the penny. I mean, it was a great sacrifice, but it worked. We got Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I wanted to read this. I, I sent this text to a friend of mine, uh, our, our friend Steve. Uh, Luke knows Steve. Steve, I don't, yeah. I don't think Steve listens to this show. If he would, he would have written some of the finest emails we ever would have received. No offense to oh, any man, of our previous he's, emailers, but. No, he's, uh, yeah, he's yeah. a consummate uh, professional. He's a super. He super can ready. really spin a yarn, I'll tell you. He can spin a yarn. So I texted him this that night. I said, uh, what did I say here? Uh, I don't love it, but it's just like this country. I find it humorous that people are surprised by today's decision and see it as a possible warning sign of a declining republic. In reality, you and I know that this republic was built on oppression with one recent difference over the last 40 years being that now the inequality impacts people from all backgrounds and not just black and brown people. Mm -hmm. Then again, maybe capitalism's great lie is the uh, fooling white people who weren't wealthy into thinking they were playing the same game as the powerful yes. few since the beginning. So I liked Hell what I wrote is. there. I was like, you know what? That made sense to me. And I don't always express myself properly. So that's it. Oh, that was your text, not his. Yeah, I said, yeah, I wrote that to him. I was like, well, yeah, I thought that. it was his. So, well, now I'm Ooh. more judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I'm not, like, not, not sure how I feel about it. Now, yeah. Been. yeah, no. I'm questioning things, and I'm not sure if I want to live anymore. Whatever, motherfucker! Okay, so that's enough of this. We can't talk about it anymore. People probably are turn the show off, frankly. Yeah, no, um, it's um, it's yesterday's news. Um, it's over. yesterday's we better, news. Yeah, we better shoehorn some 69 jokes in here immediately. Okay, so... <laughs> I, <laughs> so I forgot uh, the last week's show, which was briefer because we were up against it. We looked at pictures of Luke online. That was fun. Remember that? And then he talked about that's where he met his wife at that show. And that I couldn't believe that I missed the opportunity to play music from that show, Fountain and Fairfax. Firefox. Fairfax? Fountain and Fairfax, which is a tribute. It. Yeah, Fountain and Fairfax. That's a tribute to the band <laughs> Afghan Wigs. They had a song called Fountain yes. and Fairfax. And one night we were just out by the fire because we talked about the name for like eight months. And then one night at a bonfire, half in the bag. Like, what about Fountain and Fairfax? Like, oh, yeah, I like Afghan Wigs. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, why not? And that's the name for the one and done show that we did. And I just was really pissed at myself from a production standpoint that I didn't play that music while we were talking about it. It really bothered me. So nobody else cares but me. And I just want to mention that. And also Luke's honors thesis, um, I thought deserved more airtime because we wanted to come back to that. And I got to tell you, I'm definitely intrigued. I know Scott was interested. Were you not, Scott? I have the tab currently open on my computer. Now. <laughs> it's currently open for a week. <laughs> it has been open all week. That's fair. That's totally fair. You that is not fair. Need to, you did not need to subject yourself to it. Now, let's put no. it this way. I, boy, that was, that was tough to write in these types of, these types of environments, you know, professors don't necessarily hold your hand. So you're kind of on your own. Mm -hmm. That's true. So those those oh, are the thoughts yeah. of like a those are the thoughts of like a twenty three year old guy. Uh, the the point of the thesis, I'll just I'll spoil it for everybody. The point of the oh, thesis no! was that 
And actually, it does. It is germane to the conversation and the discourse today. It, the point of the thesis was that the Supreme Court does tend to bend to the will of the people. It was mm. called Supreme Court Bound, uh, and it was kind of, you know, of course, uh, based on Prometheus Bound. But the idea that, you know, here they here they are, uh, you know, kind of delivering things from up on high, you know, bringing fire to the people or whatever, and people see it as a great source of civil rights and a great source of the locus of our rights in a, in the a fuck is he talking majority about? of cases. And yet at the same time, they have their hands tied when it comes to when it comes to particular issues and Roe v. Wade was one of those issues. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's definitely in that paper, but hmm. here we are it now. Should be. Yeah. Here we are now looking at a Supreme court that has an unfettered will to do judicial review. And it's a very, I mean, it's, this is unique. This is different because the Supreme court was always seen as a, you know, an adjudicative body that was apolitical, that actually had some form of authoritative uh, thumbprint on the country, but they don't have the budget, they don't have the military, they can't actually enforce anything they do. So they could be manipulated and they could be moved and pressured based on public outcry and public opinion. Are you through, Mr. But Wizard? Here we are in a, this week. Uh, this disproves my entire thesis. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now they're just a, they're, they're a tiny little state with nine, conveniently nine people, so there has to be a winner and a loser. And yep. <laughs> uh, that's really now the only, it's the only state that matters. The Supreme Court counts for 700 electoral votes. Get trusted! Wow. Oh, there it yep. is. Okay. Well, shit. Hey. Johnny. You're a wizard. You're a genius. You guys are fun people. We love doing the show with you guys. So even though everything's bleak and sad and everyone's looking to go somewhere else, don't give up just yet, guys. Listen you know to what? us. Stick with us for a little while Supreme longer. Court, you know? We like to have fun here. Supreme Court, they shouldn't exist. They're an absolutely undemocratic uh, body of our government. And oh. they are un they're undermining, they're undermining uh, a majority of the public. Every time they put out an unpopular opinion, that's exactly what fucking happens. Well, and it is, it yeah, is unpopular well, uh, to overturn Roe v. Wade. 70% of this fucking country does not yep. agree with this. Exactly. And that is the thing that most... That is probably the thing at, at the very heart of it that most irks me about the system is that it's not speaking for the people. 70, 72, 75% of people agree with this or disagree well, with this and... But yet here we are. It I don't know. It's well, fucking maddening. People could have voted for Bernie. Johnny. Uh, he he brought up court packing. He brought up all that shit hardcore too. He was gonna do it. Wow, and at least do dude. it. At least do it to make the threat fucking believable. That's the thing about yeah. this Democratic Party. That's what makes him so fucking impotent and completely worthless. Is that they can't even threaten something. Nothing is gonna be taken seriously. So they have lost. They have lost that authority. They have lost that power in every sense. They can't say go to bed or else, because or else what? And they don't have an answer. Where's my two dollars? Yeah, where's my two dollars? I think everyone's asking themselves that in the end. That's basically what this is. This song. This was still Fountain of Fairfax underneath our little diatribe here. 
That's a friend Travis singing. This is the one show oh, we yeah. ever did, one and done. We recorded this in my dad's basement in 2009. Uh, I'm on drums on this one. The one song we switched, me and Jimmy switched. Jimmy played guitar beautifully. This beautiful opening. Very cool. It was fun. Yeah, see, Corey's doing the dirty guitar, and Jimmy's doing the pretty guitar. It's fun to create things. It's good time. So. Yeah. Anyways, that band played one show, and that was it. So there it's it bad. is. Uh, right. It was actually very good music. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I Oh, we got we got emails. We got plenty of emails, and maybe we'll cover some other bits that we've missed on previous shows. We talked about some of the bullshit already. Oh no, I was just I was prepping for that. So yeah, if we if we want to do if we want to do one of the bits, I was prepping for it. Oh, you did prep for it. Is that true? Ooh, okay. That Luke smile of his. He had it on his face right to the very end. That's true. Every show he does, he's always got that smile on his face. I'm not kidding. He really does. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, let's do a... I didn't know if we were ready to go on your bit or not, Scott, so I apologize for that. I didn't come up with the... Uh, sounder if you just had oh no that's fine i was gonna at all no i was gonna phone a friend luke anyway oh good so. scott's, oh, okay, great. scott's yeah, is fine. far more complicated requires actual prep <laughs> go read uh yeah go read jacobin as we say basically every other uh right episode of the show. i've i've heard that i have subscribe, heard that on the show subscribe before. to jacobin true. yeah subscribe to jacobin as we normally it's called jacobin <laughs> should be our that should just be our mm. like tagline is you know is it safe pod subscribe to jacobin here <laughs> maybe yeah, they actually, give us uh maybe they off, kick yeah. us a, a few hundred dollars to oh you know somebody was talking about uh they're asking about sources i'm not sure if i mentioned the lever maybe i did lever podcast is I don't great think did. that's an absolute i don't think must- he did that's a must listen and if i didn't mention citations needed with an s citations needed absolute fucking must listen well and maybe this is the time to just uh quickly say you know there's independent news there's unbiased news Ooh. unbiased is trickier because uh, a lack of bias is theoretically and arguably impossible just because i mean mm-hmm. you know how, how could you possibly be unbiased you'd have to be you have to be brain dead to be unbiased. So the, uh, yeah, the so there's that. So if anyone you. tells you that they're giving you unbiased news, they're automatically uh-huh. probably not in. You know, uh, oh I man, don't know. Mm-hmm. you know, Luke thoughts. Also, I love that you're wearing an Axel Brewing T-shirt, but that's that's on the side. That's is right. That true. This is yeah. a gift from really? John Scott. I yeah. Wow, that's amazing. <gasps> That's an old. So that's why he really right loves there. it. It's about you. That's what it is. Sadly, the brewery is defunct. Uh, despite mm-hmm. despite my levels of consumption, we could not save the brewery. Yes, and that is an independent news source you can trust. We did our best. <laughs> we did our best. We drank our most. Yes, but I, you're right, John Scott. Unbiased. That's not a thing. And I've I've officially I, I officially yeah. What was it that you said? You had a good. Well, I say I I literally I seek out biased content because uh, the There's way I kind of look at 
Well, the way I look at unbiased is like you're watching NPR or CNN or something, and they've got one scientist uh, that is <laughs> arguing for climate change. And then they've got one person who's probably not a real scientist who's a climate change denier. That, that's is that considered unbiased? You know what I mean? It's it's always on balance. It's always even. It's that's top notch news, buddy. Exactly. So no, that's all. Yeah. Me is, yeah. No, biased media for me is a combination of ideology and facts. It it has exactly. to comport with my ideology. It doesn't mean that I'm not willing to like read or listen to other points of view. It just means that I have a point of view and that, uh, you know, the sources that I trust, I can trust that the facts that they're you know putting out there are are actual facts or at least are closer to you know my ideological position than maybe the other yeah. side because they're not like artificially trying to juice numbers or change the narrative in order to not offend people because unbiased media is basically about not offending a wider audience and yeah. uh i say fuck that because how how do you get into you know how do you march into nazi germany without that and to your point uh to your point about unbiased, it seems like it's just a squaring of bias and a quantitative squaring of bias on either side. So it's like we have give me back my bias. <laughs> yeah, we have X bias on the left side and and exactly the same amount of bias on this side. So we're going to square those. And OK, I'm, yep, that's it. This is the last comment. Scott got the last word in. There you go. Johnny. Thank you, John Scott. All right. Now. I couldn't find you guys actually vamped perfectly. It couldn't have couldn't have worked out better. But for some reason I couldn't find this goddamn sounder I created, and I had to go back into the files, and I had to switch out an external hard drive, and then unplug it, and then connect in my power adapter. It's a whole thing that no one gives a fuck about. But let's do it. The Is It Safe Talk Show presents Luke explains bad religion songs. Each week, Luke will have a song selected for him at random to help us understand what the hell lead singer of bad religion greg graffin is trying to say for over four decades now greg graffin has confused us baffled us and mystified us with his politically charged social commentary luke doesn't do that pussy ethereal ambient post-rock shit that's true. Luke wants it hard, fast, and raw. And that's what Greg Graffin provides every time he writes a new song. Sure, you'll tell your friends that you love that new song, but you really have no idea what he's saying. So that's why Luke's here to help us understand bad religion. All right, there it is. By the way, I think when Welcome I played that the first time we did this on the show. Thank you. Uh, I think you, you, when I started that up, because I'd played the wrong song to start it on the last time we did this, you're like, nope, wrong song. And then you but it was the realized intro. afterwards. That's right. Yeah, it was a whole, whole edited effort. I had that no I took idea. You make, had, so. you, That's yeah, how they do it in the radio, folks. You got to have a bunch <laughs> of songs in a 30 second spot, you know, like that. It's got to be like seven seconds of this song. Hey, POD's coming to the Pine Knob. And then you'll hear a bunch of dumb POD songs. Under like thirty seconds, that's it. So. <laughs> Whatever. Fill more in the than band. One. What does POD oh, stand yeah, for? Because I always think POD is payable on death, blood. baby. Payable. Oh, payable oh is that you death. know that right away? Wow! Right Holy shit! Yeah, wow. Damn, that's, I've never heard that. I, I had that in my back pocket, guys. I'm so glad I can fucking <laughs> throw that piece of knowledge in the trash now. Thank you oh, for yes. letting me unburden myself of that. 
Oh, uh, way to go, dude. You're oh. somebody that knows what COD means, uh, cash on delivery. So it's the same exact <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Actually, Payable I learned death, something. Maybe. I'll give you a, I'll give you another fun trivia fact, too. I learned the other day that Alice Cooper, of all people, he helped pay for the refurbishing of the Hollywood sign that you see on the Hollywood Hills in Los Angeles. I Alice did not know Cooper? that. I don't know why. Alice Cooper, of all people, somehow was in, heavily involved financially in that. So I don't know why I learned this. I just happened to learn it over Alice, the last seven Alice days on Cooper YouTube must, somewhere. Alice Cooper must have been heavily indebted to the Russian mob that he owed a bunch of Coke money to, and yeah, they decided wow. to let him fix the Hollywood sign instead. Why, why Alice Cooper? That doesn't make a lick of sense. Detroit's right. own Alice Cooper? Right. I know, dude. They just, hey, I was watching something on YouTube, yeah, and they just threw that the, in there. Is he going to fix the Grand Central Station or maybe Jefferson <laughs> Avenue? Can he do that? <laughs> He's going to fix dude. the damn rooms. Yeah, Alice Cooper's a weird, like, Alice Cooper is, he's a Detroiter, right? He's a Michigander, right? He's, but you don't, Michigan, I don't hear, yeah. you don't, he doesn't get associated, in my opinion, as much with the area as, like, an Eminem or if fucking Ted Nugent. For some reason, he's not as, I just he's don't in, hear it as often. He's in KISS territory. Uh, everyone associates KISS with Detroit. Because they say Detroit Rock City, even though none of them are from here. And right. I think Alice Cooper is kind of caught in that weird uh, jet stream of similar type of rock sounds or whatever. So people oh, probably just don't associate him with this or they, I don't know. I mean, Luke it's- explains Alice Cooper. We don't know what Alice has been saying for over 50 years, but today's show, Alice. I think this one's it. pretty cut and dry. I this guy's 18. He's pissed. Yeah, he's, he's, he's 18, yeah. It's tough he's, being 18, man. Yeah. It's tough being 18. It's funny. There's actually a kernel of truth to that. There is some challenges to being 18. He doesn't get what he wants. That's, you don't know what... I mean, yeah, but you don't know what real challenges are at 18, so suck my fucking devil's hog, you piece of shit right. people <laughs> who think otherwise. He's got to get away. I my penis as the devil. The devil without any plan. <laughs> Maybe a woman referred to my penis after the fact when she, you know, like, oh, my penis is the devil to her. But there might be a woman out there who's cursing your dicks right now, guys. Consider that notion. Ooh, that is uncomfortable to be sure. Mike, I, I think, I think we do need to, I think we need to talk about Alice Cooper at some point in a later date because he seems like an interesting guy. My uncle knew him, you know, like they, they never show that. Brought picture. a smile to your face, huh, Luke? They show that picture. Got all where they're both, misty uh, Kind of, yeah, where they're both kind of looking at the camera, smiley. like, you know, giving it the middle finger, like. Oh, old, I don't think I've seen that. I'm serious. From, like, I don't, I don't yeah, think I ever saw that. 70s. It's, it's a cool photo. I still have it at the my parents' house, but. Okay. Yeah, I'm I open to that. Like I mean, he's an interesting guy. I've never once to look up his history or anything. The fact he does that he do some cool shit Hollywood around here time, too. Something is crazy there. Something weird. He used happened. to kick it with John Lennon. They used to have that like club in the '70s. Really? And and there's a whole thing. I remember learning about this. Uh, John Lennon and Alice Cooper and like somebody else who wouldn't fit in. They're all musical stars in a way, but they're from different genres. I would think, and they were. Heavy before Alice Cooper got sober, he was heavily drinking with John Lennon and some other dude ah. in these L.A. bars every night in the seventies. And there's a whole, I think it was a whole movie somebody wanted to try to get made about it, but I don't know if that ever happened or not. Yes, I'm glad Either he way, never put out another album since he's been sober. That sounds like a death sentence. <laughs> what do you mean, dude? He put out a. Don't you remember a, nope, <laughs> that stupid song from? Uh, all over your ass on stage. I don't want to hear it. That he, I think he's been sober since at least the eighties, and this is a. Uh, Oof. From 91, 92? 
at least. 93? Yeah, wait for it. Sorry. Oh, my. Yeah! Feed my Frankenstein! I didn't understand this song when I was a kid, but now it's very, very, very clear. It and it drug, only took me about three seconds. No! Feed my Frankenstein? Well, that too. But my... could, it, could it not be the monster inside him that wants to be fed? Okay, let's get. Yeah. There's some real dumb lyrics in this song. Just check this out for a second. Whoa! I'm a hungry man, but I don't want pizza. <laughs> Did this come out after this is Final Tap or before it? This came out after. This says meet my libido, so he's not even fucking around. Meet my libido. Hungry for love. Whoa, whoa! This song is hilarious. Oh my god, this song is so funny. <laughs> Woo, I never knew I'd get such a good laugh out of that stupid song. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like you know where uh, it's like where ass rock and in excess crossover. Yeah, it's, like, uh, it's actually yeah, kind of like uh, it's very assy, but there's almost there's almost a little bit of like merit to it. <laughs> message him doing that song after spinal tap after like uh big bottoms and all that shit <laughs> yeah i'm looking up when uh this song because this song yeah this makes sense the song was in wayne's world that's why i know it they go, that's the yes. first wayne's world they go to see alice cooper and they're all like we're not worthy that's where that shit came from and this song was what they're playing when they they chose that song so it was obviously from that album 1991 or in the same time. So it was definitely after Spinal Tap, a good eight years after Spinal Tap. That's also hilarious that they picked him for that movie. I know, right? They're, they're not worthy of him after that song came well, out. Well, they didn't know how big it would be, right? So the first Wayne's World's like, all right, because, you know, movies, SNL stuff wasn't as common. I'm it, glad it that really... he was in it, though. That's, it is also cool that it was Alice Cooper. I mean, come on. It's so Yeah, random. and he talks about, he says that great line when they're talking well, with him backstage it. about how Milwaukee was the first city to elect a socialist mayor i was like oh mm. i didn't know that major that city line is it's been such a long That's time since one I've of the things he says he also talks about milwaukee too but people hmm. forget he talks about the socialist mayor i was like oh i didn't know that that's pretty cool well is this is cool. a good dovetail into good lyrics oh yeah that's right so we had a bit here originally christ where are we what happened after that i need to cool down that was intense Oh, you could just go Be right in and play the song. Please don't play the intro again. <laughs> I don't want to. All right, so today's bad religion choice is Struck a Nerve. So let's get started on Struck a Nerve, and Luke will chime in.
Okay, so something about Santa Claus and Christmas or something? Candy canes? Just starting to sing along. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he notes in an obituary that his last friend has died. It's very sad. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, these these are just, these are observations of, of sad <laughs> shit that's happening around him. It's really yeah. not, I mean, there's nothing to dig into here. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, he we, just we, we, go line, we go line by line, but then we'd end up with a four-hour podcast. Yeah, you want to do a four-hour pod on Struck a Nerve? Okay, here we go. Keep it going. A patch of unburned green. I never. What does that mean? Like burning ants in uh, I, uh, with the magnifying you know, glass. I always look at it as. I mean, it's a uh, the horizon. You know, you you can't you can't get out of the line of sight. The line of sight is the horizon. Uh, so you squint your eyes when the sun is going down. Or you squint your eyes to like try to see further and it just goes on and on and on forever and it never ever ends. And uh like a, a barren winter, uh what is it, a barren winter day or a patch of unburned green? You know, barren, I love barren winter, winter day. days though, man. Barren I winter love winter day days, though. Sure. That's 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 no leaves, there's nothing obstructing your view. It is an endless, it is an endless horizon. Same as a patch of unburned green, a just long patch of green. Doesn't matter if you're in fucking Siberia looking through a, you know, completely uh, un, uncluttered wintry view or if you're, you know, in a in a lush area that's still uh, completely endless amounts of, uh, you know, suffering, pain and, and disappointment. And I think he's also, he might be talking about just how clearly he's seeing this. This is a very humanist, a very empathetic song. Yes. Okay. I agree with that, John Scott. Yes. I got a five inch taint. Is that different than this? I feel like that's a total different (laughs) song. Five inch taint. We'll do that one next week. Is that long or is that short? You know, it's a good question. I never got clarity on that. Every day. Okay, come on. Bombarded by superlatives. That's it's too wordy. I can't believe he makes that work. It's unbelievable. I don't know how he did that. It's unbelievable how he it's it's unbelievable how he makes every day I wander in negative disposition sound the way he just made it sound. I've tried to do that for years and I can't quite pick up the 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 texture of that those syllables. Mm -hmm. It's so difficult. It's almost rap. I mean, yeah, I was just gonna, John. I was just gonna say, Eminem. Eminem did it as well as anybody. He would just, he would even extend a phrase into the last syllable of the word from the last phrase. Mm-hmm. So, that's true. That's Baby what I think about with that. that. What I heard. Uh, yeah, bombarded Uh-oh. by superlatives. Uh, Wait, am I canceled? You know, superlatives being best, worst, greatest, all that. Um, oh, okay. Yep. Salvation, but I'm thinking of terrifically. <laughs> and a wave of overwhelming 
Where'd it serve? What did he say there, by the way? Hop two. I don't even know what he's saying there, but it was like. No, I think it's. I think it's just. Hey. Like, it's like an. You get the off. longest extended vocals of any Bad Religion song in this song with the. <laughs> yeah, he really drags it, it, it out. It's true. It it, it burns yeah. out if you're trying to sing along. It's a tough yeah. One. There's but cancer no, ourselves is a great fucking line. I use that all the time, actually, mm-hmm. in my own life. Yeah, I mean, I, I always loved. Um, yeah. First of all, he says it like the a wave of overwhelming doubt turns you to stone. And then he uh he's also talking about the weight <clears throat> the murmur through your heart. Uh you don't have time to crack the maze like a magic speeding clock or a cancer in our cells, a collision in the dark. Uh and I, I just like for the first time looked at the that line and kind of separated it and it was like oh magic speeding clock is something that's uh impending and a cancer in our cells is something that's uh uncurable so unstoppable and uncurable mm-hmm. and i kind of bucketed those two together so for the first wow, time wow dude that way. Mm, beautiful i like it Yeah, break it down, Mr. Brett. I don't know why they... I don't like that Mr. Brett. I never like calling him that. His name's Brett. I don't need to call you Mr. It's like a teacher. Maybe he was a teacher. Was he a teacher? That's a good stretch right there. Don't ask me to justify my life. That's classic bad religion right there. Mm-hmm. They kind of, uh, they've always kind of like balanced the line between being super like leftist, but also like kind of libertarian at the same yeah, time. Yeah, or what Scott said better. Did you say that today or earlier that it's humanist? Yeah, it's a real humanist approach. Mm. Of I think like also he's as a human, you know, in, in the, verse before it's like this is shit never ends it just keeps plowing on and this Mm -hmm. is what happens to good people like you just you get cracked like the world's just gonna crack you in half like a fucking pistachio (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes yes well said, Scott. Yeah. I, actually, it I feel is. like, Scott, you could take a lot from this. I know you're on the brink here. Maybe the song is healing in a way for you, or at least... This is good. Oh, this is good. This is one of my this is one of my favorite Bad Religion songs. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. well, I'm learning something new as well. Then it's a, you know what, a solo fade out from the guitarist. The, the title itself, you know, struck a nerve is a lot. It is. It's something that makes you open your eyes and pay attention. And 
once you see it, you can't fucking close your eyes. You can't actually not see it. So once you start opening your eyes to pain and suffering around you, I guess if you're any type of decent person whatsoever, you can't close your eyes to it anymore. You can't ignore it. And you can do whatever you try as you might, but that's that's always going to be part of who you are, especially if uh, that's any interest to you. Good point. Also, there was a similar kind of... I don't know. There's a message, right? There's a message in that song. Uh, Will Smith had a message he wanted to share from 1992. Hey, check this out. Here's the situation. Say you out with your boyfriend, your girlfriend. You know, you're at school. You had a club or something getting busy. All right, you just having fun. Somebody steps up to you and they tell you they want to rumble. All right, now, now just stop for a second. Before you lose your head, get all crazy and toss your hands up, just think. The person that uses the head can always defeat the person that's just trying to use their hands. Now, remember that, because the more you know... Now that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is an unbiased news source. Hell yes. Unfucking believable. This guy of all people did that, and then he slaps a man on national international television. So there you go. I just thought that I assumed that somebody pulled that up on Twitter a few months ago already and covered that. But I found it today. And I was like, oh, we gotta bring this onto the show. It's perfect. Good job, Michael. All right, let's get to the emails because you guys email us and you deserve you know, your airtime. This is your time to shine. First day pod. Oh, first day pod. God damn it. Is it safe pod at gmail.com? We just sneak in a plug for the first yeah, day. Oh, I know. Pod. I know. I uh, snuck it in real good. Come, coming uh, to you everywhere at 7 p.m. on Sunday nights. First day pod. <laughs> uh, no, we don't do so. We do it like we do it on a weekday. Weekend even afternoons I too. I don't. I, I, I know don't. it's all fucked up. Who cares? Uh, first emails from Bob Winchester. Uh, Bob said, "Yo, what's good? Nayla Savannah is back with a hot new single, Porch, dropping June twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. Porch captures the free spirit and inspirational lyricism that have earned Nyla Savannah a reputation as one of the most promising young women in modern hip hop. It is a song about finding peace and power within yourself." Enjoying the small victories and tuning out the noise. Like we'd all relate to that, can't we? With its laid-back groove and charismatic vocal performance, Porch is a must-hear for fans of innovative hip-hop. So there it is. Thank you very much, Bob Winchester, for enlightening us. I wasn't really familiar <laughs> with you, Nayla's work until this email. So Thank you, Robert Winchester. Yeah, dude. dude I mean, I, shit. Thank you for taking the time to email the show. Clearly, yeah, yeah. not a form letter with uh, some weird spammy shit attached to it. What? Nobody would do that to us. Check it out. Here's Porch. Well, Bobby Wynn up in the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, Bobby Winchester with you. Your girl. <laughs> hey, listen on the porch music. Bathing in the moonlight. See the leaves and she cut through it. Yeah. Saying if you got guns, do it. Listen on the porch music. She's got a fucking blunt hanging out of her mouth on her album cover. It's hilarious. Check this out. For real. Do not miss the opportunity to miss seeing this album cover. So these lyrics are saying. Okay, that's a good song. All right, thanks, Nyla. 
Nyla Savannah, check her out now. Thanks to Bob Winchester for sending that you in. That, it has it has one of those fine has one of those fine pre-programmed grooves to it. You know, it's not like the worst one. No, I mean, hey, yeah, that, that is o- overly like aggressive hi hat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 every every keyboard my my parents my dad bought me a keyboard like three different t- or maybe two i think i had two keyboards and they had oh. three pre-programmed like that. <laughs> <laughs> i can well, yeah, the, i can find these i will make sure that we've got them for the show the problem is you just yeah you just didn't have you know you just they didn't have hilarious. it that was that was the problem the problem here is is that my little brother this up, morning have interest got his arm caught in the microwave and and uh my grandmother dropped acid and she freaked out and hijacked a school bus full of penguins. See, you never know what's going to happen any given day. All I know is I would have had a lot less, a lot fewer knee injuries if I had played the drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. By the way, how is that? So did you uh, tear your meniscus? What's going on there? Oh, fuck. Man, it's still, yeah. we're, we're still in a holding pattern here. Doctors went oh, okay. on Friday. Yep. So okay. I'm walking today, though. Everyone I, wants I to was know, hobbling. Dude. I was barely walking Sunday, hobbling Monday, hobbling Tuesday. I was able to kind of move today. So, yay! Feeling well, better, you know, you... but I'm thinking it's an oh, IT you... band <clears throat> strain. Your brother was just in town too, by the way, right? He just left. That is true. He left yeah. uh, yesterday. Yesterday morning. All right. Well, hey, happy trails, Sean. Sure, you made it home safe. We got an email from you, so it makes sense. Is it safe at gmail.com? And you can email just like Sean. Also, we lost that playoff game 10 to 8. So thanks for not being there, dude. You know, Man, if two you runs. Had Sean. Luke's good for <laughs> two Sean. runs. Sean's good for a million runs. Sean's, all good for, Sean's good for like whoever's on base. And, plus and we played that team that you were there that night. We hadn't played them since that meltdown night. Uh, where, all right. I couldn't, no, no, no. It was, couldn't it was a highly. It was hey, we had the tying runs on with two outs with Pat up, and we just came up short. It was actually very competitive and highly entertaining, and we had a good sub. Good. Turns out there's other people besides Luke that you can count on to play softball. It's a good, you know, it's not like you're not good, but no, sometimes it's not, not the great. hardest. It's not the hardest game in the world, I guess. So, <laughs> dear, that's the most like backhanded compliment. <laughs> That's okay. I was done. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. I was I'm making fun of myself. I play softball. It's not the hardest game in the world, right? Isn't that? Uh, it is not. No, it is not. <laughs> doesn't that make sense? I don't know what I'm saying here. Yeah, I'm a fool. Anyways, we got a adding like 800. So, yeah, that's true. Well, we got an email from Brian. Brian emails the show. He loves emailing show. He's a safe pot at gmail.com. You're a lousy fucking softball player. That's yeah, true. I am. Dear safe pod talk show. Fucking Democrats. Why does this happen again and again? Why do we put our faith in this shit show? I hate the Democratic Party. I hate it so much. I hate Obama dialing up Steph on the court after winning game six. I hate Schumer and Pelosi every time they're on TV explaining why they got their ass kicked again. And I hate myself for putting my trust into such a party that can't get anything with real substance done. Who wants to watch their team get murdered time and time again? It's like being a Sox fan before 2004. Or, more geographically appropriate, a Lions fan. Yeah, I was just about to say, dude. We got our own example right here on the front yard. The only person that won was Wayne Fonts, cocaine dealer. (laughs) And and the best... Why do people always bring up cocaine Wayne Fonts? I don't know. I've heard that a lot. And the best part... I don't know. Fired? What do you mean I'm fired? And the best part, the very best part, the GOP shit-talking. Mnuchin and Collins saying they were fooled... Oh, I said Mnuchin. Mansion. 
But Mnuchin was also a former Republican. Yeah, never everyone Mnuchin's wanted to rip on Steve Mnuchin. Collins is current uh, Democrat, actual Republican. Yeah, yeah, Joe Manchin. Sorry, not Mnuchin, who executive produced several movies that you've seen over the last five years. Uh, where was I? Uh, the GOP shit talking. Mansion and Collins saying they were fooled by Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. Bullshit. Capital one. letters. There's no way in fuck they were in the dark on their true intentions on Roe v. Wade. They're shit talking and Democrats with that clutching the pearls act. Total trash talk. And they deserve to do it. The entire unholy entity that is the GOP deserved their victory lap because. Oh wait, oh that's perfect. Victory lap. Victory lap certified. Oh, that's perfect. That works out. Usually that's for the baseball show. <laughs> that was meant to be. Uh, total trash talk, and they deserve it too. The entire unholy entity that is the GOP deserve their fucking victory lap because they once again victory lap won. certified. And they did every shitty thing needed to get it done. And then Pelosi read a poem. A fucking poem. Where would we be without fucking Allen Ginsberg up there reading some written trite that sucks? Where would we be, gentlemen? Man. And in Christy Noem's world, here's how an unwanted pregnancy would go. Oh, boy. Do we, <laughs> Who's Christy Noem? Should we break this up? All right. Yeah, go ahead. Say like something now. Sorry, guys. More personal. Yeah, go ahead. Say something. We shouldn't make any, like, snide comments on the second part. That Luke smile of his. It is similar. It is similar to being a Lions fan. If, if we voted for the fucking Lions players, is that something that we could do? Because would that turn it into a better team? It's not even clear because there's still a fucking giant corporation behind them. There's still there are still needs. There's still every other consideration they they are making. Uh, you know, it's all prior restraint. <laughs> all of this is some form of fucking prior restraint. There is no fucking power. I don't know, John Scott. What do you think? What's the question? Is all right. Here's the other. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing about like yeah, we're putting our faith in demo. I mean Democrats. Yeah, I, that was well, so well, funny. Well, man. also long pause. What's happening? That was fucking. Where funny. where else are we? I mean, where the fuck else are we supposed to put our faith? Like, there's no see again. Not there. See the no. flow chart back to the system is fucked. And yeah, uh, there's we already no covered this earlier. Really, place. I mean, it is a little bit of retread, but. Nope. Uh, but there are, there are two quick things. One one is, okay, don't feel bad if you've uh, supported them in the past. There's always time to, like, move forward and fucking forget about them. Uh, where do you go from here? That is always a good question, of course. When we say the system, in quotations, uh, it the system needs to be, a, we need to, it needs to be exsanguinated, you know? It, we need to take the fucking blood out of it. You stop giving it fucking oxygen and this stop treating Democrats Jack. like they're different from Republicans because they're not. And you could probably right now look at maybe 30 different Democrats and 30 Republicans that share exactly the same fucking views. So that bleed over from one side to the other is way, way more, uh, is way bigger than you think it is. That's not how we do so things here in there America. There is no difference. And they actually don't fight for you. They don't actually care for you. And they don't. Uh, they've got no incentive to do anything. And what are wow, they doing? Wow, dude. They're using, they're using every travesty they can in this country to try to fucking fundraise. And they believe that getting enough people to put fucking money in their coffers to literally fight leftists, because let's not forget Nancy Pelosi, again, Jim's, uh, James Clyburn, 
fought to get fucking Henry Cuellar uh, to beat uh, Jessica Cisneros. Jessica Cisneros, uh, a woman of color, a progressive woman of color in Texas. They went down and stumped for Henry Cuellar, who's a fucking pro-choice Democrat. Sorry, pro-life Democrat. Ah, I was gonna say. I would okay. say I would say we could bleep the other one, but fuck it. Uh, I fucking welcome to hell. One of two, I think. I think he's one of two. Wow. So they increased. They just increased the majority of pro-life people in the uh, in the Senate. Pro-life. Nancy Pelosi did. That's and, and and she's out. She's out there reading fucking poems, like you said. Obviously, totally fucking insulting. Yeah. Uh, completely cynical. Absolutely yes. disgusting, and should make you want to tear your fucking face off. Yes, uh, it does. But, it did, and people yeah. did it. Living in America. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. <laughs> Here's the thing: right. don't vote for them. Vote for the fucking Green Party, and just move on. Oh, what, okay. why the uh, pro? <laughs> when I think about this shit, I just go, oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! Politics! Oh no! Democrat! No! Oh man, that makes me laugh. Here we go! God bless America, land that I love. Thank you. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Apparently freestyling over metal is easier than rap. Dude, I'm telling you, that's that, the best that commentary a, we've had on the show in, in maybe the entire run of the show. And that was a solid dismount on the wah. Gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me read the second part of Brian's email. So, And in Christy Noem's world, who's Christy Noem? Do I know who this is? Uh, um, he's going to tell us. Da- South Dakota. Uh, the, um, oh, she's a governor. Uh, rep. Yeah. She's oh, a rep from South Dakota. She's one of these, uh, you know, semi-hot right, oh, far right. Oh, the Palin's, the uh, the uh, yeah, the the woman from Colorado, uh, Gobert. Yeah, the Minnesota fucker. woman. Yeah, the one from Colorado. Who? Whatever. Yeah, she's. Oh, just, that's the latest one. I have not heard of this. So if there was want. Oprah's uh, spiritual advisor too. She was. There's always somebody oh there. Oh, I can't keep track of all these off. people, but they're oh, always somebody. I know. Let's not even go there. Okay, here we go. And in Christine Gnome's world, here's how an unwanted pregnancy would go. Teenager gets knocked up. If it's from rape or incest, doesn't matter. You're pushing out this hate, baby, baby. Teenager goes to GOP sponsor clinic. Gets slut-shamed and given the guilt trip of all guilt trips. Teenager is directed to a website that has links to near-useless GOP-approved social programs that consist of such hits as what to expect when you're expecting and you did this to yourself. Now let God do the rest. Teenager can't afford to leave state for sanctuary states. <laughs> Parents have no money. Teenager carries the baby to term, subsidized by the state government as long as she vows her allegiance to God in the NRA. Baby is born. Mom is a broken soul. State has no funds for actual baby born because the GOP doesn't give a fuck about actual breathing outside the womb people who walk upright and talk. Universal health care has been stricken down by SCOTUS as an unconstitutional. So guess what? You're on your fucking own, mom and baby. The end. Yeah, Beautiful. roll the credits. 
Roll credits. That's right. Uh, postscript for Brian. Postscript. postscript. <laughs> and I also forgot to add Gestapo doctors and RNs making sure the baby is healthy. You miscarry, we carry your ass to jail. It's like 1960, 1984, but even less hopeful. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. We love you, buddy. Hang in there. You uh, it's clearly. Not even 1984, the year. It's the novel. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Guess what, though? I mean, you know, another another novel comparison that's been made a lot lately is uh handmaid's tale and i was like well isn't isn't handmaid's tale kind of the opposite in some ways because the entire the entire thing is about the preciousness of conception and bringing oh, kids yeah. to term and making sure that no babies are ever harmed whatsoever i i know that there's an early part in that show where they are or in the book too where they're I don't know if it's in the book, actually. It's been so long since I fucking read it. But there's an early part in the show where they're talking about like con contraception and she needs her. And thanks to Kristen for pointing this out. Uh, she needs her husband's like approval to get contraception. And mm -hmm. OK, so that's like, you know, one of those. It is tangentially related to to this, but that's one of those shows that doesn't really apply. But like the book 1984. Yeah, that that kind of applies uh, a lot better. And Man, victory lap certified. Maybe if the NRA decided that human life was fundamentally precious, we would have a we would have a legit controversy or a legit discussion on uh, Capitol Hill. Well, you know, because the NRA you have failed weapons of death. So if all they support <laughs> is things that kill other people, then if they're the ones that are trying to say that their weapons are supporting life, then I think maybe we could have a real conversation. And you want me shotguns, to change shotguns Fuck for life? You. Shotguns for life. This is everybody in the GOP. And you want me to change? Fuck you. Yeah, there you go. So, now he's we know the story. He's absolutely laid it out. I mean, he laid it out perfectly. That's, oh, he did. Yeah, it was I really. Mean, there's no a fine job, Brian. It's just it's so depressing. <laughs> All right, next up. Oh, you're gonna love this, Luke. I don't know if you read this already or not. It's no, titled Se uh, "Danny Loves Keeping Up on the Number of the Episode 70" with an exclamation <laughs> point in the title. He loves it. He's into it. Danny says, "Roden Talk Live Talk Show." Uh oh. What, is this gonna go? <laughs> Danny is keeping that. We're never gonna forget the rodent talk on the show, thanks to Danny. You know what? I'm here for it. I appreciate it. Hey, there's. It, listen, we all live in rodent infested areas. There is gonna be plenty of more. Mike, I'm just kidding. Don't worry. I didn't see any mice at your house. I promise. <laughs> just there was a couple. Uh, I heard some rustling. I heard some rustling. I know. The leaves, They're always out I there, man. I got fucking all kinds of critters looking, out here. I wasn't looking for them. I'm just saying. I heard rustling, and uh, just. Just keep your windows closed and uh, make sure you weatherproof your doors, man. About a nine on the tension scale, Rube. Yeah, I'm terrified. Put those foam strips on there. I do. I got to get the foam strips. You're right. Shit, I got to fucking proof this place. Uh, congrats on reaching 70 episodes. <laughs> oh, thank you, Danny. Reaching 70 episodes. We appreciate that. Only seven NBA players have ever worn the number 70. Ooh, this is interesting. And all seven... We're for only one season. 
Andy, this is fun. Here we go. That Andy, is that hard-hitting NBA analysis. This is what you... Hey, you called it out, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Scott said he had it in the repertoire, so... Johnny. Andy is- Kosteka. Indianapolis Jets, 1949. Come on, that's not real NBA, though, Danny. Come on. That's a white guy for sure. Of course it's someone that's white. It's before the 60s. I'm just saying. Uh, Chico Cher. That's a great fucking name. Chico Cher. Wow. St. Louis Hawks, 1957. Ed Fleming. It'd be funny if Ed Fleming did end up being black, but gosh, Ed Fleming really sounds like a white guy, especially because it's Minneapolis Lakers. (laughs) And it's 1958. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, oh, wait. Is this, okay, which one of these names is more white? Hold on. Which one of these names is more white? Ed Fleming or Frank Selvey? Uh, Ed Fleming. Yeah. Both of those. Fleming. Both of those guys left uh, jobs as auto workers before they played the. NBA. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Frank Selvey's definitely a UAW guy. That's all I know. <laughs> By the way, they both played for the Minneapolis Lakers. They both wore 70, and that was in 58 and 60. I wonder if there's like an inside joke there or something, Danny. Give me some more research on that, Danny, for next show. Then there wasn't a number 70. They both hated before. each other on the line at the auto. <laughs> at right, the yeah. factory. They did. They hated each other, and Selvi was like, I'm taking your fucking number. Yeah. Pre-cell phones, pre-all that shit. Yeah, impressive. <laughs> but there wasn't a number 70 for 40 years, not until Dennis Rodman. I don't even know Dennis Rodman played for the Mavericks, but this must have been brief because it was the year 2000, and it was definitely at the end of his career by then. 2000, he was toast. But he was on the Mavericks wearing number 70. And then there was Gigi Detome, 2015. This was only a few years ago for the Boston Celtics. And finally, Namjaka Bijaka. (laughs) What? Namjaka Bijaka. I know this guy. I know this player. It says Namanja. I said Namanja. Namanga. What did I say? Namjaka. Oh, I did say Namjaka? Yeah, I'm taking my J's and going a different direction with them. Namjaka Bajaka. Yeah. (laughs) It looks literally like. There are way too many consonants in this name. There's a lot of J's in different places. Namanja. Namanja Bijliaka. Now, I know Bizliaka because I've heard of his name many times. He plays for the Heat 2021. He might play for someone else now. But, Danny, correct me on that pronunciation. I hate when I screw those up, and I took it very personally. When I was a teacher, one of my most prideful points was that I could nail a name on the first roll call of opening day. It was very important for me. So, But, hey. <laughs> Ed, Fleming, Ed Fleming, Ed Fleming, are you here? <laughs> Ed Fleming. I nailed it. Ed Fleming. Where's and, by the way, it was also a, a Jew school, so... Most of the names were Bergs and Steins and shit like that. So I, I know sure. those ones. I can nail those pretty easy. Yeah, also, uh, first names like Mordecai. I, I don't know if I'd be yeah, able Mordecai. to the first time I would see it. You know, that's a tough uh, one. Um, Mike. I could get uh, Abraham. Shit. I got that. That's yeah. easy. Mordecai. No, there was another guy that's like the, um, I can't remember right now. Anyways, it turns out uh, getting high on opioids is more important than roll call in the end for me. I learned that from that experience. A uh, bunch of solid 1950s white guy names. Ed Fred. Oh, he's. Wow, I didn't even read this email, and he knows exactly where I was going with this, Danny. Impressive. <laughs> Bunch of solid 1950s white guy names. Ed, Frank, Jack, Andy, and Chico. Plus my main man, Rodman, during his last forgettable season in Dallas. Oh, okay. So I, I should have kept reading the email, Danny, and I was commenting on it prior. I apologize. The Pistons really nailed the draft, boys. The yeah. dumpshit Sacramento Kings, a.k.a. the Detroit Lions of the NBA, 
passed on Ivy at four, and I think we have a facsimile of Scott's favorite player, John Morant. Oh, I didn't know your favorite player was John Morant, Scott. And I love I, John Morant. I didn't know that Danny knew that my favorite player was John Morant. I'm sure I texted that to him, <laughs> or if I mentioned that on this pod, Danny, you're just crazy with the details. I mean, maybe not know that was your favorite player until just now. That's very, very impressive. I hardly knew my favorite NBA player was John Morant. Danny could have been the only other person. Danny might be incepting you right now. Shit, I don't know. I'm sure he would have gotten that from somewhere. You know, maybe we exchange that information in in real time, uh, you know, vis-a-vis. So, John Morant? He's incredible, dude. He's the yeah, man. John he plays for the my, Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, that's my dude. Yeah, he came out of Murray State. Absolute Murray alien. State. Murray yeah. State. Murray State's in Kentucky? Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A tiny school. That's a size. That's why it's so cool. He comes out of a tiny school. Love it. Builds up the Murray State Racers. He's the number two overall pick three he looked tiny. years ago. Three drafts ago. Not counting, like, not uh, counting this one. Allen Iverson type. I think 19. Yeah. I'm He's doing like, all this off the top of my head. We could all be Googling this and getting exact, accurate information. But bottom line is John Morant is fun as hell, and he built something there in Memphis. They're doing really cool things in Memphis. So they got like a, a real tight community feel. It's a little different than some of the other NBA teams. And I'm, I'm with you, Scott. John Morant is one of my favorite NBA players, bar none. He's exciting. Absolutely. He's explosive. And if if Mr. Jaden Ivey's anything like him, that's a big win for the Pistons. And all the draft honks are sucking the dongs of the Pistons, saying that they killed it in the draft. So I've heard I've heard the same yeah. thing on on Detroit Sports uh, Talk Radio, which is absolutely <laughs> Luke crazy heard it too. Because, wow. Well, because they always they just always they go. I mean, if ever there's a time to just hear like the most uh, just the doomsayer shit that you're going to hear all year in Detroit sports. It's right after a draft, like especially after a lion's draft, uh, but it, it was like legitimate uh, excitement. So it, in turn, I felt a little excited too. And was like, Oh, well, maybe I'll watch a game or two this year, but I'll, I'm going to reveal my ignorance. 100%. I had no idea. The Lakers were at once the Minneapolis Lakers. Really? When did, when did that fucking happen? 61. Had to have been some sometime in the '60s, right? Because the by the late '60s they were in L.A. Because when Jerry West was there, you know our favorite show, Winning Time, which Jerry West is a star of. Which we all stopped uh, watching. Was episodes? Yep. Yes, they moved in the '60s. Sixty sixty one. Oh, first season. Oh, it was. Wow! Holy cow! Yeah, that's why they're called the Lakers. Literally, Minneapolis, ten thousand lakes makes a lot more sense for Minneapolis. God, well, that is hilarious. You're totally right. Never knew. That's <laughs> okay. Man. Knew that. Never fucking knew that. Holy shit. Well, Scott, you're excited oh, though. Cool. All right, you're gonna go to some Pistons yeah. games this season, Scott. Yeah, Is exactly. True? It'll be fun to actually watch the Pistons for the Pistons and not the teams that are playing them, kicking their ass, and the superstars <laughs> and said <laughs> opposing teams. It'll be fun to see what the actual Pistons are doing for once in the last 15 years. <laughs> well said, my friend. That's exciting. Yeah, so we'll see what happens here. They got Jaden Ivey. He's the new pick, and he was thrilled to go there. His mom, by the way, was like a really good former player, and she coaches at Notre Dame. So you got a mom who knows the game very, very well. That's a big bonus. That's cool. That and gives, his dad that that... played for the Lions, apparently. Oh, he did? 
Fucking for real. You got a name on that? Dad that played professional football and his mom. There's a former there's a former guard named Royal Ivy. Royal Ivy played in Texas for the Texas Longhorns as a basketball player. I remember him. But that doesn't mean they're related. Royal Ivy is a sweet name, though. Uh, okay, so, yes, Danny's excited. Uh, John Morant was a better passer at this stage, but it's freaky how much Ivy looks like him when he's charging downhill. Plus, Jalen Duran will be a quality starting center at worst. Go Pistons, Danny Bennett. All right, Danny, I'm with yeah. you. Woohoo! Go There's Motor excitement City. in these parts. I know. Motor City Madness! Oh, yeah. Hell yes. Woo! You'll need to get you know out what of sucks, though? Go see some fucking basketball. It's just something about that arena, though, that's like really bums me out. I don't get excited yeah, to go to Little Caesars. It's not like the Palace was like this unique place either. I didn't go to nope, the, palace the Palace a lot. I didn't better. like going to the Palace. The Palace was better, though. They're, uh, the, LCA much, is, the LCA is like a fucking teetotaler's dream. It's an advertiser's dream. Uh, there's <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing bad allowed wow. except for uh, bad people, bad opinions, bad diet. Wow, dude. There's like... Is very like strict regulations on uh, drinking. There's no like you can't you can't like leave and come back. It is very uh, it's weird. It's so like clean, sterile in a way that's not yeah. fun. I mean, there's something I loved about like the Tiger Stadium, especially when it's like there's fucking gum under the seat and all that. It's not like I love touching gum under the seat. I'm a fucking fetish, but I liked the fact that like it's a lived-in <laughs> chair. It's a chair that other people have been in. It is like it's got history in it every single day. The LCA yeah. is, is a very it's a disgusting fucking monument to just everything that's sterile about our existence. Yeah, there's there's lifeless to your point. I was thinking this, Luke, there's lifeless and, and boring. And that's the LCA. And then there's like kind of, you know, lifeless and grimy or charming. And that could have been the palace or whatever. Loved the old Tiger Stadium. There was there was some charm there. There was some just grease and shit all over everything. And that kind of made it uh you know likable but lca is just a just a fucking soul sucking hole mm -hmm. there's just something that's <laughs> okay. real life about there's just something that's real life about going to a dive bar and not to a brand new uh the brand new brewery that opened up down the street you know like the fucking tgi fridays without the kitsch you know tigers are playing big ceilings Tonight. big ceilings uh led lights you know, fluorescent lights, LED lights, people sitting uh, on every every surface is like squared, uh, clean, distanced. It just there's something human about going to. That's why people love dive bars, because it, it makes you feel human. It makes you feel like you're part of real life. It is. <clears throat> yep, that's good. That's one. Well said, Luke. Well done. OK, I got to go soon. I really got to go. I'm already pushing it. Let's get to the final email. This one's from Sean. It says 69ing Chet Holmgren. Sup, oh. champs. Love the show. Could probably use less 69 and mother's talk. Oh, yeah, I did say that. Sorry about that, Sean. Yeah, that, I, my brain was just I was just being honest. But I guess it's the price we pay for originality on the show. No treasures were found playing it safe. That's right, Proof. Sean. Fucking A, man. Brewer words. Right. He's got two questions for the show, but I don't want to disrespect you, so we're going to table them, and we'll start with them next week because we're out of time. And I'd like to thank our corporate sponsors for uh, being so dedicated to us. Despite us speaking our minds freely and openly, they continue to support the show, and we would not be able to do it without them. So thank you to our corporate sponsors, including... Um, uh, I don't think we have any... 
Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Yes, thank you, Taco Bell, for always providing that. When every other grocery store is closed at 11 o'clock in the whole state, you're there for me at midnight when I've got to fill my gullet full of trash. Thank croc you, nuts, Taco Bell. Uh, and Croc Nuts. Croc, oh, yeah, Croc Nuts. So, by the way, uh, Croc Nuts, is that... I didn't really get that at the time. It, is that like ball sack? Like a Croc ball sack? Is that what that yes. means? Yeah, yes. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wanted to double check. It's, a, it's, a, it's like truck nuts that hang from the back of the Crocs. It's insane. Okay, cool. They exist. That makes sense. Uh, okay. I need like a uh, super quick fuck, song to go out um, on. Is there a two-minute song or less? Could we do a yes. two-minute or less song? Yes. Play yeah. Anesthesia. Just do it. <laughs> no, that's cheating. Come on. That's super uh, fast. Oh, I got one. So uh, here we go. Love you guys. Well, thank, thank you, you guys. Is it safe pod at what is it? Is it safe pod at gmail.com? That's correct. Much yeah. love. Here we go. She's so pretty and she's so great. Acting in movies, singing songs by Tom Waits. She is the woman of so many men's dreams. Sometimes she releases stinky steam. Oh, where, oh, where is that stench coming from? It's coming from Scarlett Johansson's bum. Oh, where, oh, where is that stench coming from? It's coming from Scarlett Johansson's bum. Scarlett Johansson farts. Scarlett Johansson farts. When a woman is so poised and so pretty as she And is a talented and famous celebrity We think that God created her with so much wisdom That he decided he wouldn't bog her down with a digestive system But where, oh where is that stench coming from? It's coming from Scarlett Johansson's bum Oh where, oh where is that stench coming from? It's coming from Scarlett Johansson's bum Because Scarlett Johansson farts Scarlett Johansson farts. Scarlett Johansson farts. Scarlett Johansson farts.